All Charisma No Int is a sexy, violent podcast for a mature audience. You can find the content warnings in our episode description. I guess uh, there's no need to sugarcoat anything. Um, the business coffers are running low. Um, this month's dues are coming up at the end of the month. And you all need to get a good paying job or risk going delinquent. Renee is going to look very... Um saddened by what he thought would be a celebratory meeting (laughs) about how good the business is doing. Welcome to All Charisma, No Ent, a D&D podcast for himbo wizards. I'm your dungeon master and secondhand potion salesman, Anna Abara. This is a podcast where three questionably competent adventurers navigate a world of magic, mystery, and controversial fashion choices while trying to survive the everyday trials of life. (laughs) Playing these bungling adventurers today are... Hi, I'm Eric, and I play Rene Julian Vincenzo LeBlanc, the optimistic (laughs) roguelock who has more names than he has points in strength. Jesus (laughs) Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm Lexi. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's just the name. <laughs> I know. I've never said just, that out loud before. It's a surprise <laughs> to me, too. <laughs> surprise to you, too? I totally, I've never said it out loud until just now. I completely forgot that I had to say the whole thing. You've, you've got to be kidding. You've never said it before. Never said it out loud. I promise you. Good Lord. Amazing. We're off to a great <clears throat> start. Okay. Uh, mine is not as fun. <laughs> Hey, I'm Lexi. I play the Wilder One, a complex cleric. They only take off their gloves if absolutely necessary. <laughs> uh, hello, I'm Kyle Sweeney, and I play River of Stars, a tragically hot bard warlock. Uh, <laughs> due to a recent situation with a cat, River is not currently on speaking terms with his financial advisor. <laughs> what? <laughs> Good. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh. Amazing. Well, for our first time ever, let's go ahead and get started with Ruined. Our journey begins in the capital city of Aravista, nestled in the rolling hills of the Zeldovan Highlands. The land around it is blanketed in the rich, burnet greenery of summer, where large, long-haired yaks slowly meander around the grassy fields. Aravista's white stone buildings blanket the top half of the hill like a snow cap on a tall mountain peak. The cobblestone streets wind around and upward, passing through various districts, Some are narrow and cramped, while others remain open and spacious, dressed with patches of grass, flowering bushes, and sturdy birch trees. At the very top sits the opulent palace of Zeldova's royal family, a towering structure of white stone, sparkling stained glass, and gleaming gold ornaments that sparkle under the light of the sun. The kingdom's flag, 
blue with a silver braided border and emblazoned with the branching royal antlers of the mighty Zeorai stag, fly from the towers dotted along the city walls and hang from poles on the streets, lightly fluttering in the fresh summer breeze. It is not too long past noon. The sun high, just above the wide, bright rings that arc across the open blue sky. Aravista is alive and bustling as her citizens move through the streets on their errands and daily tasks. Smells of roasting meat, grilled vegetables, and fresh-baked breads mingle in the air as busy restaurants, inns, and cafes work to accommodate hungry crowds and prepare for even louder crowds in the evening. A young man exits one such cafe and steps out onto the sidewalk, carrying a brown paper sack in his hands. He is average height and a lean build, with skin, eyes, and hair all a milky white. The features of his heart-shaped face are soft and androgynous, with a straight nose and full lips. Large white eyes and long white lashes are framed by a natural black pigmentation of his skin that almost resembles a fine black liner and smoky eyeshadow. His silky white hair is asymmetrically cut, with the left side only a few inches in length, while the right tumbles down nearly to his shoulders in loose, broad waves. The young changeling is dressed simply in a light, airy, long-sleeved cotton shirt pleated in the front and open at the collar, a pair of loose, thin, black cotton pants that are cropped just below the calves, and scuffed, tightly laced black ankle boots. A wide, lavender and black cloth belt is tied off around his waist, and a worn, brown satchel is strapped across his shoulder, hanging just at his hips. A number of silver earrings adorn his short, pointed ears, with a single large piece hanging from his left lobe, holding a round purple stone and a lavender tassel dangling from the bottom. He cups a hand above his eyes as he peers up into the sky to check the time. His casual, relaxed demeanor shifts, and the young man takes off down the street, ducking in between the various townspeople making their way through Old Town. He narrowly misses a woman carrying an assorted basket of fruits, catching a ruby-red candy apple before it hits the cobblestone. He places it back upon the pile while apologizing awkwardly, then darts off again up the street. The changeling comes to a stop in front of a set of older, connected structures, a two-story building sandwiched on either side by wider one-story shops. The white stone is cracked and weathered, and the vibrant green bushes in the front are beginning to grow beyond the planter they are crammed in, their leaves encroaching upon the window seals above. A worn, wooden sign hangs above and to the right of the thick oak door, creaking on its hinges when a slightly stronger breeze brushes by. The sign looks as though it has recently been painted over with black paint, and in white, the words, The Lucky Gentleman's Ruined Delves Club, has been written. <coughs> the E is weirdly backwards. <laughs> <laughs> My God. The young changeling walks up the three stone steps leading up to the door, pausing briefly to wipe his feet on a mustard yellow welcome mat on the landing before turning the handle and stepping inside. 
A small bell hanging just above the door on the inside tinkles softly, announcing his arrival. Immediately inside, the entry flanking the door are two large ceramic pots containing oversized houseplants with large, waxy dark green leaves and a single, giant, white-purple dahlia blooming in the center. The sweet floral scent hits the senses at the threshold, distracting from the otherwise slightly old, dusty smell of the aging building. The wood floors are well-worn and creak underfoot, covered by a faded, long red rug that runs from the door to the courage reception desk at the other end of the entryway. Nix, the assistant to this adventuring agency, strides the few feet to the desk, depositing his satchel just behind it. He pauses briefly to adjust the smaller vase of white and purple lilies sitting on the desk, then heads down the three small, red-carpeted steps into the common area, immediately making a beeline for a door to the right. He knocks once, and lets himself in. The office is dark and cool, the floor covered in a dark blue carpet. The furnishings are made of ash wood and accented with matching forest green upholstery. A couch sits just to the left of the door, covered with a multitude of green, black, and gold decorative pillows. Far too many than any couch truly needs. A long, low coffee table sits in front, and a side table with a glowing yellow lamp to its left. Against the wall, beside the door, is a bookshelf packed with a variety of books of different colors and sizes. To the right of the door, looming in its shadow in the corner, is a slate statue of a hooded figure, their face obscure and nondescript, holding a bowl before them, where an incense of sandalwood and lavender burns. At the back of the room are large ash cabinets, one wide with multiple drawers, the other smaller with two doors. Centered neatly between them, just in front of the only window in the room is a desk and chairs. In front of the large, neatly carved office desk are a pair of matching chairs with tall backs and soft green padding for the back and cushion. On the other side is a larger chair covered in the same green fabric with wide armrests that curve outward and a tall, wide back. Seated in that chair, Lexi, please describe your character. Sitting at the desk is a young, human-looking man, around 5'8 in height and only just an adult. Their skin is pale, almost as pale as their silvery white hair, which is braided over their left shoulder, so long that it's trapped between his chest and the desk. On their right side, their hair is cut very short, still long enough to run a hand through, though the choppy cut falls about messily against the shape of his head. Wilde is clothed from chin to toe, with multiple layers covering every inch of their body, including an oversized hood resting on their shoulder blades, a bodysuit topped by thin chain mail, a tunic, and a cloth jacket with leather embellishments and straps create a rather complex silhouette. It can be hard to tell at a glance, but the young man clearly has a muscular, strong body. Compared to his somewhat cherub facial features, still clinging to teenage youth, his angular body showed signs of years of physical labour. In front of them is an open journal, pages lay scattered around neatly, usually slotted back in once Wilde finished working. To an untrained eye, it looks as though he might be scrapbooking or journaling. Luminous pale blue eyes lined with smudged black coal glimpse up when he, when he heard Nick's coming in. Hello, two. 
I've got lunch. He'll walk up to the desk uh, carrying a, a brown paper sack and he will reach into it, pulling out a smaller package wrapped in parchment paper and he'll hand it over to you. Oh, thank you, Nix. I hope I didn't give you too much trouble to go to the bakery. Oh, no. It was no trouble at all. I was already out running errands. And inside the parchment paper is your usual lunch order. It is a fruit sandwich. And this is a sandwich with two thick slices of milk bread. And in between, there is a thick layer of sweet cream, bright red strawberries, as well as some sliced candy apples and black plum. Uh, what, is, what is it you're working on? Um, out of character, uh, hmm. I did mention uh, that I think two would have actually told Nix what he's doing. Um, mm -hmm. That like could because he I, I feel like he would have very quickly trusted Nix. Um, so I also think Nix would know about his situation, if you know what I mean by situation. I can still uh, reply to that uh, to that comment. I'm just letting you know it's in case Nix acts like he doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't I don't think he would just automatically assume that that's all you ever did. Oh, well, <laughs> sorry, Nix. <laughs> <laughs> um, OK. Uh, Wild would close the journal and place a hand on top of it. Um, and placed down the quill that he had been using to pull the sandwich wrapper towards uh, the wrapped sandwich towards him. Getting nowhere. That's what I'm doing. Oh, um, not going great then. I take it. Well, I mean, you know, sometimes it's good to take a break, and then you can come back and look at it with fresh eyes. Maybe having some lunch would help. Well, it has been years. Uh, I don't think I will figure anything out over lunch. Probably not, but, um, you know, either way, it's great to take a break. Uh, because also we're going to have a meeting in ten minutes. Uh, before or after lunch? As he's opened the sandwich and looking down at it and trying to calculate if he has time to eat it and then get ready for the meeting. <laughs> well, it, it, you know, it'd be like a, a lunch meeting, so you can still eat your sandwich while we're having the meeting, but I'd like for our, all of us to to meet out in the um, the main area in ten minutes so we can discuss a few things. Uh, for a moment, Wilde has their hands kind of raised awkwardly above their sandwich trying to decide the best course of action, whether to <laughs> commit to eating it or skipping it for now, because eating at a lunch break doesn't sound too fun to... Uh, eating at a lunch meeting doesn't sound too fun to him. But it doesn't sound too fun even, to anyone. It never is. <laughs> 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 yeah, and he is the low-intelligent smart one. So um, finally they seem to commit to eating the sandwich um, and look back up at Nick's. 10 minutes you said uh yeah two ten 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 minutes 
Do you happen to know where the other two happen to be? Um, they take a bite of their sandwich and they raise their left hand with their pointer finger facing up. I haven't seen or heard River for some time. And uh, he would look a little apologetic as he said it because he knows that Nyx probably knows what that means. Nyx would follow the direction of their finger and then just sigh heavily. <sighs> right, right. I guess I shouldn't be surprised. Um, enjoy your sandwich. I'll see you in ten minutes. And uh, you know, like I said, don't don't worry. I'm sure you will get there eventually. Uh, not all breakthroughs uh, come in in only a few hours' work. So, just kind of generally trying to give you some words of encouragement, but <laughs> they're just coming out awkwardly and he just kind of slowly starts walking backwards towards the door and then when he's at like a couple paces from the door he will just turn around and dip out <laughs> <laughs> and make his way across the living area past the gaudy red sofa and towards the hall that leads um, upstairs. The stairs open up into a large room, the living quarters above the business. Immediately to the right is the kitchen, with wooden countertops and cabinets hanging above them. A large stone stove sits against the north wall near the stairs, while a smaller iron stove sits between the two counters on the east wall. The counter curves at a 90-degree angle to create a bar top with two wicker stools and a basket of fresh fruits from the market. A wooden island sits just in the middle of the kitchen with a number of knives and other cooking implements neatly arranged and a basket of fresh bread from a local bakery. Beyond the kitchen is a simple wooden dining table with four worn wooden chairs, a blue runner stretching across the middle. A couple plates with remnants of breakfast still remain that have yet to be cleared up. The blue curtains of the large window beside the table have been pushed open, letting in the afternoon light. Just to the left is a small sitting area facing the patio, with an old blue rug and two blue wooden chairs with dark blue cushions. In front of them is a chipped and slightly splintered round coffee table, with a wicker basket filled with assorted cookies placed upon it. Out of place is an incredibly thick and unwieldy chair that is slightly askew, but sturdy due to its sheer size and weight of the wood. A small brown animal fur is placed over the unfinished wood to serve as some sort of makeshift cushion. In the southwestern corner of the room is what amounts to the bedroom, with a single-sized bed that has a simple bed frame, a worn maple chest, and a wooden armoire. A small vase with an assortment of small blue and pink flowers sits on the nightstand in front of the window on the west wall, and a vanity with a matching stool in front of the smaller southwestern window. Eric, please describe your character and what he is currently up to. 
So Nix would be walking in on the upstairs of this residence that is in total disarray. It would like a controlled chaos. Um, it's clear that an attempt is currently being made to temporarily convert the upstairs into a makeshift tailor's workshop. Um, but I think the scene for anybody looking at it would more closely resemble like if a fabric store was violently sick all over a bedroom. Um, <laughs> there's on the little single person bed in the corner of the room, there's like three or four black cases that have been emptied out on top of the bed and the contents are all spilling out all over the bed. Um, there's all manner of spools of thread, needles of varying sizes. Some of them are jabbed into pin cushions. Others are just loose. Um, there's scraps of cloth, measuring tapes, and assorted cutting implements all over. On the opposite side of the room, on the dining room table, there's a huge bolt of fabric. It's this khaki and brown houndstooth fabric on a big roll. It's partially unrolled, and it has the, the shape, like a vague shape of a person cut out of it. Then in the center of the room, um, one of the chairs in the sitting area has been pushed away and replaced by a wooden mannequin that's currently wearing a long overcoat made out of supple black leather. The coat is inside out, and it's been pinned and marked in various places. And as it sits on the mannequin, it's just gently swaying as a light afternoon breeze comes in from the open window in front of it. In the midst of all this, humming to himself pleasantly, we see an absolutely beautiful young-ish man at work. He has this cool blue skin tone giving a hint of his Air Genasi ancestry. His face is chiseled and handsome with prominent dimples and a pronounced jawline. He's currently sporting a neat stubble, a shadow that suggests he might occasionally wear a well-manicured beard or a mustache. And he has these piercing, narrow, golden brown eyes and teeth that sparkle in the way that, as if they're saying, hey, we're aware how perfectly symmetrical we are. <laughs> um, his hair appears to be jet black, although it's actually a very, very dark shade of blue. It's wavy and shiny, and it comes down just past shoulder length, although at the moment he has it tied up in this messy bun to keep it out of his eyes. His hair is topped off, as always, with his signature wide-brimmed hat. It's basically a musketeer hat that has um, made of this well-worn black leather, and it's adorned with an impractically large, fluffy white feather. Renee's leaning over the counter in this room, which is where breakfast is often eaten. He's cutting a piece of a different fabric. It's a gold paisley print fabric from a large roll. And you would think, looking at him, that he's displaying all the concentration and precision in the world. His tongue is poking out the side of his mouth as he's using the scissors to glide smoothly along the shape that he's traced out. Looking at him at this angle, you can see down his shirt a little bit. Um, <laughs> it's a white... Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> it's a white linen tunic uh, with rope closures along the top, and he's wearing it a little bit too open. 
you know, in that way that people sometimes you're like, hey, they should have buttoned one more button. That's him like 100% of the time. <laughs> you can tell um, by the outline of the musculature that you can peek under there that he's in pretty good condition. He's not buff uh, or like jacked by any means, but he's very toned. Um, he's basically like underwear model material. Is that all? That's all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his clothing, his clothing is well tailored. Obviously, um, it also accentuates his physique and gives the impression that he cares a lot about his appearance. He's wearing, uh, in addition to that, these dark gray pants that fit right at the waist. They just fit perfectly, just sitting in the right spot. And they have a subtle pinstripe pattern that the untrained eye might miss, but that Rene, of course, carefully chose himself. He's also wearing leather boots that have brass buckles on them. Um, he's got a tiny silver hoop in his ear, and you can see some leather cords are also dangling around his neck. And he's just sort of working. He's alone up here except for Clover, which is the blink dog that also lives here. And I think he finally gets done cutting out this, basically this lining for his coat that he's making. He kind of looks up satisfied with this expression on his face and looks down at Clover and says, I know you said your favorite was the hounds too, but I've had my eye on this Paisley for a while. Not too flashy, but not too boring either. I think everyone is going to love it. And he's going to, look down at the blink dog for any kind of any kind of sense of understanding or recognition. <laughs> you when you say that Clover, who can best be described as a mix between a Samoyed and a Dalmatian. So this this big fluffy white dog covered in these black spots. And when it seems like you're moving away from the hound's tooth, he gives a small whimper and just covers his face with his paw and, and lays his <laughs> head down uh, as if disappointed <laughs> in your decision. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> that's almost, that's almost going to make me change my mind here. Um, I think Renee will just, will just look at Clover and just sort of think to himself and, and say, you know, Clover, a wise man once told me, if you want people to take you seriously, you have to dress yourself well. And I have lived by that ever since. You should think about it, Clover. You should give it a, give it a thought. And he's just going to pick up the paisley fabric and bring it over to the uh, mannequin and start pinning it on. <laughs> Um, and when you move over to the mannequin, Nyx approaches with his paper bag in hand. Um, Renee, uh, I've brought lunch. Oh, it, you almost startled me. I, I, I was so concentrated on my very important work here. Um, but that's where you've been off too. Oh, yes, I, I had a few errands to run, and I figured, you know, I'd, I'd pick uh, lunch up for everyone on the way back, since it's, you know, that time of day. And he will open up the brown paper bag, 
and pull out another uh, smaller package wrapped in white parchment paper. And a little uncertain of where to stick it with all of the chaos uh, of the fabric and, and everything going on, he just awkwardly hands it over to you. Oh, my hands are kind of full at the moment. If you could just sit it in the fruit bowl. I don't want to get my hands dirty, you know. It's I have to... uh, Yeah, the the fruit fruit bowl makes a, a lot of sense. Um and, <laughs> and he will uh pivot and he will set this wrapped uh package which is uh leaking slightly um from some of the 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 oil and vinegar that the sandwich is dressed in. Um leaking from the bottom and he just Kind of sets that <laughs> on top of the fruit that is already in the bowl. It's leaking onto the fruit? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody in this household eats fruit. <laughs> we'll be fine. Fruit. I have a fruit sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. My, my filling of choice is fruit. <laughs> uh, and um, what he's brought for you today uh, is your favorite, uh, a, a grilled... Uh, caprese uh, excuse me a grilled veggie caprese sandwich mm. and this sandwich consists of a grilled bun and it has zucchini and eggplant that has been drenched in olive oil and grilled and placed on top of those grilled veggies is some fresh riotoven mozzarella uh, a few slices of basil, and then drizzled <clears throat> over all of that is a reduced balsamic vinegar. That uh, sounds amazing. <laughs> sounds so good. <laughs> Sorry, that's me. That's me. The uh, that's me. The player saying it sounds amazing. Me too. <laughs> that smells amazing. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I you know I got I got your your favorite. Um, so I, I hope you enjoy it. Um, what is it you're you're working on? Oh, you know, I just uh, this old coat that I always wear. I just thought it needed a little something a little extra, you know, something with some flair to it. So I, I thought I would give it a a little extra bit of lining to make it a little bit more flashy. Oh well, you know, I always think you look so fashionable. Oh. Oh, Nix, you know I'm susceptible to flattery, my friend. Well, I mean, it's true. Uh, uh, unlike me, I don't don't really know how to dress myself well. But um, you know, um, but you, you, you always seem to to be up on on the latest fashions. I think. Um, don't really know what the latest fashions are, actually. <laughs> well, the thing with the latest fashions are. Trends will come and go, but timeless style, that will stay in style forever. You know, we could fix that. We could take some measurements and, and, and perhaps, perhaps we could get you a coat or, or a hat or you would look rather dashing with a hat. Um, you know, <laughs> and he starts to kind of step, um, step a few paces towards the patio door. That's that's probably un unnecessary. I think, um, you know, actually, I'm 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 in that 
phase uh, of a changeling's life where we um, uh, we have growth spurts, growth, growth spurts. So it, it would just be wasted effort. Ah, say no more. I was once young like you. I know how it goes. I would have to tailor a new pair of pants every week because I was growing <laughs> so fast. Mm. <laughs> to be young. You, you've been tailoring since you were that young. Well, you know, like father, like son. Um, oh, well, um, I mean, no wonder you're so good at it then. <laughs> By the way, um, I know you're engaged in all of this and you look really busy, but uh, we are going to have a meeting in eight minutes. Oh, a mysterious midday business meeting. But what could the subject be? Uh, you know, just just business. I just I wanted to talk no, about no, how things. Don't tell me. I, 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 you know how much I like surprises. <laughs> well, you're going to be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> well, you 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 better run along and tell River. He's um, <clears throat> well, uh, he's doing whatever he does up there. <laughs> so he is on a roof then. Oh yes, I'm afraid so. You see the. Uh, the winds deflate out of his sails a little bit, um, but he takes his bag and walks towards the patio doors. Steps out. It's a nice little patio. It is only big enough for a small little garden table and a couple of garden chairs, which they have out there, uh, iron wrought um, with a beautiful decorative floral design and uh, parts of it are a little bit rusted just from kind of always sitting out in the weather and it does need to be retreated a little bit but like much of the furniture in this place seems to be not quite it seems to be well used he turns and he looks up at the roof and with another very heavy sigh, tucks the paper bag under his arm and begins the ascent up onto the roof to find the final member of the Lucky Gentleman's Ruined Delves Club. Nix has become relatively adept at hoisting himself up onto the roof. The light brown clay roof tiles remind him a little like the way dragon scales are naturally slotted together and give it a texture that is a little less slippery than he had originally feared during his first excursion. The roof is slanted so the snows don't accumulate during the winter, but not so steeply that it made scaling impossible. There is a small patch of flat surface at the top where a previous owner might have thought about putting in a skylight of some sort and never finished, or perhaps where one had been removed. Either way, it had created something of a hidden patio that had now been taken over and resulted in the occasional complaint or comment of a concerned passerby. Where, uh, where Kyle, go ahead uh, and... Introduce your character and what he has built out here. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so so you climb up onto the roof. Is is it like a sloped roof? I can't remember. Uh it's it's sloped and then um it kind of like there is a little spot that is flat. Okay. Um yeah, so there's there's probably like a little wooden platform up here that's like, you know, somehow secured to the roof with like maybe a couple of wooden rails there for safety. Um, and, um, we see probably the first thing we see is there's like a huge fucking wooden box up there. Um, and river is laying on his back head inside the box. Um, it looks like maybe it could be like a doghouse. Um, except instead of, instead of it just being like made from a bunch of planks of wood nailed together, it's like actually carved out of a single huge piece of wood. Um, and even though it, it's hollowed out, it looks like it's probably several hundred pounds. <laughs> it's not, not, not quite sure how this thing got up here. Um, but from the outside, you see a very attractive um elven man lying down on his back he's basically visible from like the pecs down he is only wearing a pair of pants like a pair of sturdy leather pants looks like he's in pretty good shape not like not like huge but like you know strong um and lean like you can see like a little bit of a six pack you you probably wouldn't describe it as like washboard but there's definitely a six pack there. Um, and then probably the most striking thing that you see about him is that his skin is, um, it's like this dark bluish gray. Um, and it's covered in the, this like swath of milky white, um, color that catches the, the sunlight, um, and reflects it back, um, almost like starlight. In the middle of his chest, there's this big, like, for lack of a better word, like a constellation, um, like a set of prominent stars. And and in the center of the constellation, there's one uh, very bright white star and another purplish black uh, star. Um, I feel obligated to say this uh, based on some prior conversations we had. The soles of his feet are a little bit dirty. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> but but he has nice feet. <laughs> I I have a question. Uh-huh. You so his head is in this stupid box, right? I wouldn't call it stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and but it's concealed. His face is concealed, right? Yeah. You said that he was attractive. Oh yeah, he's got. I mean, we'll, what if he's a butterface? We don't know. We'll we'll zoom into the box here in a second, but like <laughs> for now, you can see super hot from the pecs down. So you know, okay, that's all that matters, right? <laughs> Everybody's hoping he's hot. I can assure you, he's hot. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> <sighs> um. Yeah, so like the the movie version of this would like, you know, show him, you know, arms and upper chest and head inside this box and then we like cut to the inside and um 
he's staring up at the top of of the inside of this box concentrating on something um he has a diamond shaped face like clean shaven it's not sure if it's clean shaven or if he's just incapable of growing facial hair um it's framed by uh wavy like almost completely white hair that comes down just below his shoulders um his eyes are this like cloudy swirling gray um with small black pupils and both his eyes and the hair um and his face uh catch the sunlight you know in the in a similar way to his uh the rest of his skin um there's sunlight streaming in from like these small holes that are carved into the side of the wooden box um <laughs> what's actually in the box is um so he's currently painting something on the ceiling and you can see that um it's a it's a series of like very simplistic paintings of <laughs> pigeons in various scenes <laughs> um so there's like there's an image of a pigeon feeding a french fry to one of its chicks um there's a group of pigeons outside a cafe and they're being shooed away by a broom um there's another pigeon that's like <laughs> lying lifeless on the on the ground like wings spread out but has like a halo behind it um but but he's currently painting a scene depicting a phoenix like reaching down with the tip of its wing to an outstretched wing of a pigeon <laughs> and <laughs> that's that's what river is doing on the roof <laughs> beautiful um what an image Nix, pausing a moment to catch his breath, sees you partially in this box and knows at this point not to even ask. (laughs) River, lunch is here. Oh, sick, dude. You have it on you? Uh... Yes, he'll uh, un un um, open up the bag and and pull out the the final sandwich um, along with a small jar. Um, this sandwich uh, is a Zeldovan dip, uh, which is a sandwich roll um, that has been. Uh, cut down the middle uh, and stuffed with marinated yak meat that has been thinly sliced topped with um, melted yak cheese and in the jar uh, is a dip that goes along with the sandwich um, made out of the juices of the marinated yak Jesus, that's a lot of yak. <laughs> <laughs> and he will set that, just set it, he just sets it down. <laughs> um, and looks back towards the box. Um, if you could give me the jar back this time, um, we do get a discount whenever we return the empty jars. Oh, yeah. Sorry about the... Well, 
all the other times. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's all right. Um, we have a uh, meeting downstairs in seven minutes. Nice. What are we doing? Um, well, we just, we need to discuss some business. So, you know, all of us are going to be down there. Um, seven minutes. All right. Got it, dude. Thanks for the sandwich. No problem. And he will awkwardly look around uh, and then make his way back down (laughs) carefully um, from the roof, um, dropping back down onto the patio uh, where he will head back down stairs and wait for the rest of you all to gather. Um, I think River, like, wriggles his way out of the box and tucks the, tucks the jar and, like, the, the bag with the sandwich in it, like, into his pants and, and, like, makes his way down into the second floor. (laughs) River, I totally forgot you were up there. That's weird. I'm like always up there. I I know, but it's been like hours. What are you building up there? Some kind of ark or something? Um, oh, you know, it's it's just a it's just a church for Pip. I think Renee's eyebrows will lift <laughs> two inches off of his forehead, <laughs> and he'll just like nod his head. <laughs> Interesting. Um. River River unscrews the the jar and just like takes a little sip of the of the the meat juice. Hey, you wanna you want in on some of this juice? I couldn't possibly. I have a wonderful lunch for myself right here. Uh, you can see he's uh he's you know he set the cloth down on the bed. Um, He's draped one over the the coat that's on the mannequin. Looks like he decided to go with the paisley after all. Uh, he's got half the sandwich in his hand eating it, and uh, looks like Clover is eating messily the other half on the floor. Clover is just hungrily uh, snapping up bits of the sandwich and licking up the crumbs and every last bit of flavor he can off of the floor. <laughs> um, river river is like just sloppily dunking his sandwich into the juice. It's like, <laughs> there's probably a little bit of juice just like splashing down onto the ground. When Clover realizes this, you don't see him stand. You see him stand up. But he doesn't walk towards you. Instead, he disappears from where he was near Renee and reappears suddenly right at your feet and starts looking at the juice um, that spills on the floor. Um, I think at this point, River's probably <laughs> very used to this. <laughs> it doesn't, uh, <laughs> doesn't react in any way. Like, mouthful of food is like, Hey, you know what this uh you know what this meeting's about? I can only assume it's a celebration of some kind. 
I mean, we must be making record profits in these last few months. You think so? I mean, we haven't done a whole lot other than, you know, getting some clerics killed. Well, (laughs) (laughs) I don't pretend to be um, a master businessman. But, uh, you know, the place is open every day. Nick's keeps it running, so I don't know. I didn't go to business school like Nick, so <laughs> I couldn't tell you. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank God we have Nick's. I don't know the first thing about running one of these. Just look, look, looks around bewildered. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, I'm going to pass on the yak juice today, but... I will walk with you as your partner in business downstairs. Uh, sick. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, he's gonna. <laughs> River's like, River's like, I guess we're, I guess we're stair partners now. We're gonna go down these stairs together. <laughs> ah, I like the sound of that stairs partners. That's very cool. <laughs> he's gonna, uh, He's got a walking stick leaning up against the uh, the, the bed post. It's like a, it's made out of a black hardwood, very highly polished. It's got some brass, a brass ball on top and some filigree throughout. He's just going to grab that and, um, and uh, you know, start using it to, to make his way down to the stairs with River. Um, a clover will follow after you and... When he gets to the the top landing of the stairs, uh, rather than walking down to the bottom, he just teleports down uh, to the bottom of the stairs. That's pretty cool. I wish I could do that sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I can do it, but only like a couple times. Then I get tired. You can do that? Oh, yeah. No, come on. <laughs> I've not seen you do that. Oh, surely I've. I had to have done it at least at least once. I mean, there was that time I was, you know, falling down that pit, and um, you know, the last cleric was trying to <laughs> save me, but I teleported out and they fell down. Yeah, I wasn't really focusing on you at that moment. I was. Uh, well, it was a lot of blood. Let's put it that way. <laughs> 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 yeah, you think uh you think two might be the one? If I'm being completely honest with you. Absolutely. I mean it's been like three missions and they haven't died yet, so I don't know, kind of a good track record if you ask me. It's just like utter relief on River's face. <laughs> I guess they probably walk walk towards uh, the office. The gaudy, worn red carpet of the common room is covered with a diamond pattern decades out of fashion. The similarly dated wood-paneled walls are decorated with relics of the past. Large paintings of an unnamed lord and lady from an early century hang on either side of the stone fireplace on the far side of the room. And an old white and brown fur rug from some mystery beast is lying on the ground before it. Stuffed, mounted, and now slightly matted animal heads hang on the wall between the windows, 
eerily watching over the space. The furniture, made of sturdy oak. A long couch and two armchairs flank a low oval coffee table on three sides, all of them upholstered with a dusty red velvet cloth held in place by a multitude of cloth-covered buttons. As the two come down the stairs for the meeting, Nix is already positioned in front of the coffee table, arranging documents he has gathered for the meeting. It doesn't really seem to acknowledge you guys as you walk past. Uh, is, um... Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I think I think River would have just walked walked to the office. <laughs> Probably doesn't knock on the door; just opens it. Um, sorry, uh, Anna, is the game meant to be paused? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I asked like an hour ago. <laughs> we tried. We tried. <laughs> Um, well, you guys can walk there, but because I now have control of my character, <laughs> two oh. is already there. <laughs> oh, okay. Then I guess that wouldn't happen. <laughs> Man, maybe two can do that teleporting thing too. <laughs> Everybody here can teleport except me. You know that person who like gets there early to get the good seat? <laughs> <laughs> um, River just, River just goes and plops down on the couch. Hey, two. You want uh, want some yak juice? Dip that sando in there. He kind of side eyes the the jaw. <laughs> yeah, it's like greasy, <laughs> greasy juice just like running down the outside. Also, probably like like juice on River's mouth, and probably a little on his chest. Mm. Um, has he has has two witnesses before? I don't know how often we get sandwiches, but um, <laughs> probably every time we get sandwiches. It's like it's some um, some special treat when Nick brings us sandwiches. Like he doesn't starve us that day. We get <laughs> we, get, we get sandwiches for lunch. Um, two uh, looks over. Has seen this before. Probably been asked before if he wants to partake. The same answer every single time. Whatever that is yours. Not mine. All right. River takes a little sip. <laughs> well, um, everyone, uh, thank you for joining me for this meeting today. I, um, looks at all of you, frowns slightly. I guess, uh, there's no need to sugarcoat anything um the business coffers are running low and this month's dues are coming up at the end of the month and you all need to get a good paying job or risk going delinquent renee is going to look very um saddened by what he thought would be a celebratory meeting <laughs> about how good the business is doing. He's just kind of looking down at his knees. He's sitting, he's got his hands on his knees. He's kind of looking down, disappointed, and he's going to stand up uh, and and look at Nick's and look around the room and just, I mean, <laughs> how 
how much are we talking as far as these dues are concerned? I mean, surely, as long as we keep the business open, there's bound to be a client to come in uh, who could, uh, you know, maybe we could uh, charge them slightly more than we normally charge? Well, um, your monthly dues to the Adventuring Guild are 100 gold. Oh, uh, okay. That's, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's a lot more than we charge. Um. <laughs> and then, and then there's also the matter of the city taxes. So, um, I, you know, I hate to say this, but we, and we, we can't just rely on saving an old lady's cat and, and doing minor repair work for the neighbors. You need big job a really big job like like i don't know those newly discovered runes that they found in the trinia valley okay well that river what what do you have to say i mean i don't want to be a delinquent we had we had some of those bad kids in my school and um they were just always causing problems but i don't I guess I'm a little confused. I don't know how, you know, we don't pay our, we don't pay our dues. Why would we, is that how delinquents are made? Oh, River. Sweet River. Um, going delinquent on your bills uh, means that you haven't paid them. Uh, and so now you're in delinquency, which is bad. And then people come looking for the money. So all those bad kids had bills they didn't pay. That's a different type of delinquent. Um, these people will come um, and they will take your things in lieu of payment. Um, they could shut down your business. They could throw you in jail if your bills pile up too much. Well, that sounds bad. It's very, very bad. And he pulls out the adventure, the Adventurers Guild uh, monthly newspaper uh, and opens it up to the reviews section. <laughs> and I'm afraid that we're not exactly getting the most stellar reviews. Um, which isn't really helping bringing in new clients. Um, I mean, this one here, this one's nice. Uh, very sweet boys. They have saved my sweet baby socks many times. I love socks. I mean, sounds like a glowing review to me. I don't know what you're talking about. But, but saving cats isn't is it bringing going to bring in the big bucks? I mean, most of the time she pays us in muffins and I don't know, a few copper. Yeah, sometimes I save socks for free. Just cuz <laughs> I want to. Which is very nice, but not good for business. And I mean, this one. Thought this was a brothel. Walked in and saw a hot elf in only pants. They claimed they were adventurers and wouldn't serve me. False advertising. 
We do get a lot of those people who stumble in here. Um, yes. Unfortunately, I, I have to turn quite a number of them away. The, the thing is, is we need to clean up our image. And a good way to do that, to build that reputation, is, is to find a good, honest job. I mean, if you're ruined dwellers, ruined del- delvers, you need to actually do more ruined delving work that doesn't also um, lead to someone dying. I mean, that <laughs> that was hardly our fault. I, uh, perhaps a fortuitous uh, or non-fortuitous uh, uh, circumstances, just uh, things aligning in the in the wrong way. Uh, one one time is an accident. Four four times in a row is is a warning to others. Well, yeah, but we changed we changed the name, so, you know. That so that's going to bring us good luck, right? Like that's how name I heard once from um, my professor in um, in orphan school that. Um, <laughs> Names are very powerful, and so I feel like Lucky Gentleman's Ruined Elves Club, that just has to bring us good luck, right? It's certainly bringing in something. Uh, River, I I think it's a wonderful name, and I think you're a genius for coming up with that. And quite frankly, (laughs) I don't know how anyone can mistake us for a brothel. In fact, that very fact is very insulting, I have to say. Well... Um, you know, I, I keep looking, um, at, uh, job postings, uh, at the Adventurers Guild, but, um, you know, we're either going to need you guys to start really hitting the pavement hard or just pray to the gods that they bring someone through our door. By some miracle. Who's actually looking for a real job. River looks over it too. Um, would praying to the devil be okay? Oh, give me a second. <laughs> looks back at Nick. <laughs> <laughs> is there what? Like, uh, how is the devil defined in this in this universe? I mean, there are devils in the... Um, there are devils because, uh, you know, that's how tieflings are made. Are devils gods? River probably doesn't know that, though. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I am River right now. <laughs> um, two, this whole time has kind of been, he's like reclined back in the, in the armchair listening kind of at times uh, placing a hand over his eyes in disbelief at what he's hearing from the others not Nyx Nyx is great Um, their hand is currently over their eyes and they like part their fingers and look over towards River after he asked that question 
River's staring directly at you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pray to the gods, not the devil. Gods. Kind of does like um. He makes that face that's kind of where, where you like bulge your eyes, kind of like a. Don't you get it? Like gods, not devils. <laughs> <laughs> um. Rivers unfazed just looks back over it next. <laughs> <sighs> well, we're going to need to start praying to everyone we can at this point, or the business is going to go under. Sometimes when I paint stuff, it happens. Like the things in the painting come true. Can you paint us getting some clients? Uh, yeah. What do you want them to look like? Uh, any, 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 anybody. Um, a paying customer. I think River, River gets up and walks, walks upstairs. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, River, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think uh, we meant uh, right this second. Oh. Uh, perhaps there is some uh, good news that uh, Nix is going to share on the tail end of this uh, disaster of uh, announcement. Perhaps oh, to uh, lift our spirits. Uh, good, good news. Um, uh, there's um, a new restaurant opening up. Hell yeah! Oh. What kind? Um, you know, I'm I'm not entirely sure, um, but I, I saw them hanging um, the sign the other day uh, called The Spice of Life. I hope they have yak. They'll probably have yak. <laughs> Everyone has yak. That is some excellent news, actually. Uh, perhaps we could... Go to this new restaurant and sample many of the fine dishes and make and have a jovial time there. And people will see us having such a good time. They will say, man, I really want to go to whatever enterprise these people are running together. And they will see us and come to us and say, oh, please take all of our coins. We want to support you in your business. I love that. I honestly, I feel like we should go to the restaurant instead of praying to the gods. Like. <laughs> actually, I I think you're right. <laughs> I think that's a really good idea, Nix. Actually, uh, it's a great idea you had. I um, I actually used the last of the petty cash to buy those sandwiches because I thought it would put you all in a better mood to receive bad news. Oh, why is the cash petty? <laughs> um. It that's just what they call it. Um petty cash used for incidentals. Hmm. Okay. I mean it's weird. I don't like it. Um <laughs> But you know, thanks for the sandwiches. <laughs> yes, well, um and just then there's not a knock at the door. The door just opens. And oh, God. oh shit! In steps 
a woman wearing a royal blue cloak. Charisma No Int is a D&D actual play podcast supported by listeners like you. Music for the podcast is courtesy of our own Kyle Sweeney. If you would like to support this podcast and get future episodes ad-free, check us out at patreon.com forward slash Int, where you can also join our Discord and find additional content like an exclusive post-show podcast, art, and more. Our website is allcarnoint.com and our handles on social media are at allcarnoint. New episodes air every Wednesday. If you like our show, please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts.